Hi, and welcome to We Can Fix It, another podcast about film. We take films we should have loved, point out how they fell short, and then we make new versions, ones we would have enjoyed so much more. It's everything you never asked for. So stick around and join us for Matrix Reloaded, the rewrites edition. I don't know, do you want to treat this like a, you know, like a normal podcast where like, hey, I'm I'm Leah. <laughs> uh, Introduce yourself. It doesn't matter by now. This is like the sixth episode now. We'll say, uh, hi, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm good, Lou. How are you doing today? Pretty oh, that's good. that's nice. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, Lou? I'm good, Lou. Chris. Howdy. <laughs> it's great that we're all here today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're doing uh, Matrix Reloaded rewrites because you guys think you could do it better. Of course. Actually, I think that last time we t- we like we liked a you lot of this movie. It. We liked a lot of this movie. There was just the 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 heavy philosophical nature uh, was a, a letdown, and the movie itself I thought was just a lot of two people talking about pretty cool concepts when not actually exploring those concepts the best way we think or I think you could have. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement um, on that. I think that. Yeah, conceptually, there are some good points in the movie. It's just, yeah, it's mostly just the way that they actually portray them. And the last, lack of this sensicalness, this is not a word, sensicalness? How do you say it's this? It's nonsensical. It's nonsensical. Yeah, 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 sure. It just seemed like things were happening almost serendipitously. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like... But the negative For plot version of reasons, yeah. but not really because it made sense within the movie. Everything's you know? so heavy. Everything's so nineties. Everything's so black leather. You know, so cool. So yeah. cool. Age of the Blade. Love Blade. <laughs> nothing wrong with Blade. We All can, right, we would have nothing to say. Do you want to go first with your um, uh, rewrite of Matrix Two? It's up to you. Uh, like I'm, I'm happy to go first if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. yeah go for it. So let's do it. How I'd like to do this is, um, this is much shorter, by the way, than the Alien 3 one. So I kept it pretty bare bones. Because you don't care about it as much. (laughs) So it starts with Morpheus and crew are fighting off agents and are forced to get on the highway despite the lack of exits, which presumably was the problem in Reloaded. That's why I think it was Trinity said to Morpheus, like, I thought you said we're not supposed to do this. Yeah, never never get on the highway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my approach to this is like, go big or go home. So start with the worst case scenario for them. Sure. Start right off the bat. Right. And so so Trinity can similarly say here the same line, basically. You know, what are we doing? Like, this is a bad idea. But Morpheus is like, okay, this is, let's, we won't do this again, but let's just do this this one time because we don't have a choice. Right. Right. So they're fighting the, the agents at this point. So they're fighting a close battle. Their wits versus the agent's superior strength, speed, and unkillability. The other cool thing about, you know, the highway is there's bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's people in cars everywhere. So the yeah. agent gets taken out. They just take another body. So yeah, yeah. that's another reason why, presumably, going by highway is such a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like, you know, the agent dies one row up and then he just, like, respawns one row back. Or vice versa. Like, he goes ahead of them. You know, like, it's just yeah. so many opportunities for the agents to abuse this system. Continuing, just as it looks as though Morpheus and crew are about to make it, the tables suddenly turn, and they are all about to die. Like, okay. it becomes really dire. So it looks like they're going to succeed, and then the the rug, the proverbial rug, gets pulled out from under them, right. and the agents get the one up on them, and they're all screwed. But the crew, it doesn't include Neo at this point, right? Right. 
So he's okay. coming in. Okay. Neo shows up now, but instead of killing the agents per the previous film, because like in the previous film, it's trivial. It would be mm-hmm. trivial for him to just beat them up, right? Yeah. He doesn't do that. So here, instead, he raises a single hand and forces the agents out of the body of the people that they've taken over. Oh, so, nice. so I thought as a progression to Neo's powers, like what if he realizes, like these are people that I'm killing, mm-hmm. that the agents are, th- those bodies that they're taking over, I don't know what happens to these people after I destroy the agents, right? What, are these people dying? Yeah. Presumably they are. So mm-hmm. now Neo's like, he's on another level from that, he literally just forces them out of the people's right, body. Right, so right. The, then the person's just like, whoa, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not, they're, they're no longer sacrificed to these, the, the agents basically. Right. Next, Neo swipes his hand across the air in front of him and stops all traffic, effectively freezing time until it gives them time to exit the Matrix. Great. Let's just really show the progression of Neo here Mm -hmm. from the first film, because it's implied that he's becoming stupendously powerful at at the very end of the first film, right? Like, he's stopping bullets, he's moving way faster than the agents can keep up with, he's seeing, like, the Matrix, like, he's literally seeing the code in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you would think would give him all kinds of benefits, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, now I'm really showing some of the benefits. It's like, it's kind of like he's tinkering with the code. Mm-hmm. We can think of it that way. He's, yeah. he's augmenting it somehow yeah. just by swiping his hand across it. So, Morpheus informs Neo that he has pertinent information, because remember, they were separated at this point. So okay. Morpheus knows something Neo doesn't. And they must head to Zion to meet with the council. In Zion, people greet Neo with adoration, but Neo is unnerved by it all. Mm-hmm. He escapes from view with Trinity, as she's the only one that treats him like a normal person. Neo just thinks of himself as a normal guy. He's Correct. not really ever gotten used to this idea that he's like basically turning into dr manhattan at this point you know um which is not quite there yet but i'm getting there so trinity though and and this makes trinity useful in this movie is he she's kind of his anchor in the world where she's the only one i mean barring even morpheus is weird around him because morpheus has this religious mentality about Mm -hmm. like neo being the one so even he doesn't treat neo like a guy like just a normal dude yeah he kind of treats him like, you know, he's like some kind of supreme shepherd, shepherding the flock to some like utopian world or something like that. Yeah. But Trinity just sees him like, even though she's in love with him, she still sees him with his flaws. Right. Right. But she just loves him as a guy. So that makes, I would think, Trinity a bit more important in this version versus Reloaded. Thinking about writing this... I was like, the characters don't evolve, and they're not that important, really. Right. You know, like, Morpheus isn't really different. He doesn't, he doesn't change throughout the film, really. Mm-hmm. Trinity's just kind of there. Yeah. And I thought, um, and the same with Neo. He doesn't even really evolve either. He's just yeah. kind of there. So I just thought it would be nice to exercise some of the differences in the personalities a little bit. And what would make Neo more of an interesting character is, like, he is basically a god. Mm-hmm struggling to be a man right because he sees himself as a man not a god right mm-hmm. but everyone else doesn't see him that way because he's capable of things way beyond their even comprehension at this point right yeah. so he's struggling with this and i thought it would be really good to use trinity as kind of like his anchor in the world and she she's smart so she realizes this like this is happening to him and it's screwing with his head so she's trying to bring him back down to earth, like bring him back down to reality all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he should have like a, like a character arc because I guess in the first movie it's all about like him 
not believing that he is the one and he is not the one. He doesn't have any of those abilities. Yeah. And it culminates in him finally uh, believing, yes, I am the one. And then he suddenly gets all the powers of the one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then we don't really see anything that happens after, yeah. after that point. So in this, at, at, from the, what you're describing is like now he's got the powers, but his mentality is still the same from uh, from the yeah. last movie where he's he's still just a regular yeah. person, not knowing how to be that. He's struggling power. with yeah maintaining his I guess humanity mm-hmm. in a in a sort yeah, like yeah. his pers- his original personality. He's trying to keep it intact, but like everything he's experiencing now is like kind of contradicting that right yeah. it's like people are treating him in a way he was never treated before and he doesn't even like himself to some extent because he realizes he's changing too right. with it yeah. and trinity sees this in him you know like he's he maybe gets you know like a, a little bit emotional from time to time and trinity's like okay cool your jets you're still the guy that i fell in love with you're still a man right right these other people don't worry they'll eventually they'll they'll come to realize not that you're just a man, but like that you're a human being too. And right. you, sh- you should be treated in with a certain respect. But just give them time. This is all new to them. Th- try to think from their perspective a little bit. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he escapes from view with Trinity. So they effectively exit scene. Uh, meanwhile, Morpheus explains to the council that the AI has found a way to Zion and that they have approximately 48 hours to prepare for an attack. The council's like, come on, what are you talking about? Like, we're fine. You know, I don't want just them to be taking Morpheus at his word all the time. Like, mm-hmm. they're even they're a little bit sketchy of the guy because, of course, he has almost this really religious belief in this, like, prophecy thing. Right. And even they're not totally, like, they, they're thinking in their head, oh, yeah, Neo's powerful. He's not a god. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's he, just in the Matrix, guys. Not, yeah. Not it's, in the real yeah, world. This is, the, this is real life. And yeah. the other thing, too, is the council, they're not in the Matrix. I'm sure that some of them weren't even born in the matrix they're probably born like in the real world so oh, they don't even know maybe. what that's like True, yeah, yeah. you know and so they're a little bit apprehensive about just taking morpheus at his word so this is why i add added another crew backs up morpheus's claims when the council finds it a bit hard to believe mm-hmm. so just to make sure that we're not just like pushing that plot along for plot reasons like oh they just immediately believe morpheus and we've not established what the relationship between the council is and Morpheus previous to that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it'd be nice to show a little bit of a dynamic of they believe him to an extent, but not fully. So they, someone needs to corroborate him. Now we can push believe, more believably. We can push the plot along a little right. bit. There's, there's more believers is basically what you're saying as well, right? Like that other ship. No, the these other are all people that believe in Morpheus's. No, no, no. It's, it's not about believing in the one. It's they have actual information. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, but Morpheus, you know, being Morpheus, he's talking in a more religious sense, right, you know, like, right, right. Uh, you know, the end is nigh, blah, 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 right? Right, right, right? And then this other crew is like, okay, let's yeah. keep it factual. Yeah. Here's what we learned. We saw them. <laughs> we literally saw them. So he's not wrong. Let's, you know, but let's just yeah. explain the yeah. same thing, but yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Right? He's cool, guys. He's cool. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Morpheus asks permission to head back out as they have intel that the Merovingian has a way of possibly slowing the attack or possibly preventing it entirely. Okay. So I thought, I'm going to use the Merovingian character, but let's make him a bit more important. Mm -hmm. Rather than just, you know, being a random character that has something that they need, 
he actually plays a little bit of a bigger part in the plot. Is there an explanation that of who that character is, that he is a rogue program that's escaped into the Matrix? And all, is that just like a common knowledge thing that we can, these guys have known? Or Yeah, I, I think actually what you can do is when they meet him and confront him, he literally admits to not being human. Right. This, what you're witnessing is this is what it's like for programs that have been deemed unnecessary yeah, or yeah, yeah, redundant or yeah, yeah. obsolete. Yeah, they don't want to be deleted. Yeah. yeah. What it shows is like there can be tremendously powerful because mm-hmm. they come from a version of the Matrix where certain safeguards were not put into place. Mm-hmm. So they have abilities beyond because I like the Merovingian character. I just don't think he was quite used correctly mm-hmm. in Reloaded. I think it would have been better if like, yeah, he can code things into reality, but he's like low tier, lower tier abilities. You know what I mean? Like he right. can do it, but it's not like he can take over the Matrix. You right. know, He's not that strong. This is why he's willing to hear out mm-hmm. these humans, right? Because he's like, what can you do for me? Yeah. But it goes a little bit sideways. So they're granted permission and head out. Um, they meet with the Merovingian. And instead of offering info on how they can stop the AI threat, the Merovingian takes Trinity from them and uses mm-hmm. an item from the very first iteration of the Matrix that allows him to stop even Neo. This This shows, like, two things. One, that... Other versions of the Matrix existed. Things from the other versions of the Matrix exist in this world, and they shouldn't really. And they break the laws of the current Matrix. Okay. So he uses a, an ability or device that actually stops Neo. Neo actually, at this point, realizes, oh, like I don't have, my abilities aren't infinite. Right. They're limited still, somehow. Neo and, antivirus. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, McAfee. <laughs> the McAfee. The McAfee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, McAfee is, I think, pretty outdated at this point, right? So this would actually make sense. <laughs> it's yeah. not a bad analogy. Full on nineties, yeah. So they're using Trinity as leverage to get Neo to do because Neo still has abilities that none of them have. It's basically the Merovingian is very old and very wise. So despite the fact that Neo is technically stronger than all of them, he still has one up on them because he ha- he knows of things that Neo doesn't know. Right. Right. So he's able to leverage that, and so. To make sure that he gets what he wants, he takes Trinity. And then he tasks Neo with planting a device in the sanctum of the architect. So finding the architect and planting a device in his sanctum. So they're at odds. Merovingian and the architect yeah. are at odds. Yeah, because the, the architect is like basically the god of this world. So the yeah. Merovingian has no way to reach him, let alone do anything. You right. know what I mean? So even if this uh, could be the way to stop the AI from it. So this is happening in, in Neo's head right now. He's thinking, like, even if this is the way to stop the AI from attacking Zion, this would place the Merovingian in control of their fate. All of them, Morpheus and all the other crew, that even Trinity. So they're all witnessing in this, and they're like, man, this is going a really bad direction. You know, we're kind of getting what we want, but the cost is like something we never would want to pay. Uh, we're basically trusting this Merovingian guy. We don't know anything about him. We just know he's from a previous version of the Matrix. Right. We, he could screw us. And yeah, you could be no... trading one uh, uh, dictatorship for another, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so this is very unnerving for, for all of them. One thing I wanted to build into a better version of Reloaded is a bit of an evolution in Morpheus. Because mm-hmm. Morpheus had an evolution in the first film in that he believed in this prophecy yep but you're always unsure of whether or not he believes it himself he believes it but it's almost like he didn't fully believe it till he saw it you know what i mean like he saw neo 
right? And then and then he's like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I was saying, you know, this entire time. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. I think it but was almost more than the audience didn't know whether Morpheus was crazy or whether he really knew what he was talking yeah. about. Yeah, but there are points in the film where he's actually you can see the doubt in him, right? Because there's one point where Neo seems like he's dead near the end of the first film, right? Mm-hmm. And then Morpheus is like, "What? This is right, right, right. it can't happen." Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. He, but he doubt is shaken. Getting, yeah, he, yeah, he gets his shaken. Faith gets shaken a little bit, and then it comes back. Yeah. So I thought we can do that, but we can go even further in this film where. His faith gets shaken further mm-hmm. than it did in the first. So, like, he really starts to doubt his belief that yeah. that the prophecy is real. All these events are unfolding badly. So, Zion's about to be attacked. Right. The Merovingians got one up on them, and right. they can't do anything about it, right? And moreover, Morpheus is not in the position at all to do anything himself about it. Mm-hmm. So, he's totally at the whim of fate at this point, right? right. And he doesn't like what he's seeing. Yeah. So, Morpheus is at the crossroads of his faith at this point. Because the situation's so dire, so it's it's he still believes, but it's shaky. Uh, with nowhere else to turn, Morpheus sends Neo to the Oracle, hoping that she can offer them something to work with. Because Merovingian didn't tell him anything; he just said, "The Architect, I want in. Mm-hmm. Plant this device, and then you'll you get what you want." And then they could have even said, um, "So how do we get to the Architect?" And then the Merovingian can just be like. That's your problem. That's not my problem. If I knew that, do you think I need you? You know. This is why I'm outsourcing this yeah. job. Yeah. Neo goes and meets the Oracle. Yeah. In his meeting with the Oracle, Neo is told his interference with the Matrix has been warping it in destructive ways. And he has been unintentionally destroying things that he's been intending to protect. Neo understands, like, this is, this is doubly bad now. I don't even want to use my abilities, uh-huh. right? Because they're destroying the Matrix realm in a way he never knew. To anyone listening to this who doesn't know this, they're, they're trying to get people out of the Matrix. That's what yeah, they're trying to do. They're goal, not trying to yeah. kill anyone. Right. They're trying to get those people out and get them back into what they believe to be the real world. So Neo is in the tightest spot he's ever been in. He wants to save Trinity, but to do so, he must trust the Merovingian. Well, at the same time, he needs to stop using his powers in the Matrix given the destruction he has brought uh, unknowingly. So mm-hmm. he's very conflicted about the situation. Sure. Neo seems to be trapped in indecision, but something else the Oracle said to him is haunting his brain. In response to e- uh, Neo asking where the architect was, because he actually asks the Oracle, like, can you give me any information, mm-hmm. anything? Because right. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, right? right? Keymaker? Is that where the keymaker goes in? <laughs> I can throw that out the window. There's no keymaker. <laughs> There's no keymaker. <laughs> yeah, we're getting rid of the keymaker. So, so Neo asks where the architect was. The oracle just said, not being able to act here does not mean that no actions are possible. You know, because like the... Nice. the very the, matrixy. Yeah. I like it. Stop talking to me like this. Yeah. Just give it to me straight. Yeah. I don't just think give you know to... anything. Yeah. These characters always, yeah, they always speak in a way so that's clouded in yeah, yeah, in yeah. mystery, right? Yeah. They can't just yeah. give you a straight answer. And yeah. the Oracle is probably the best. Yeah, yeah the Oracle is probably the best example of this. Yeah, like sure. always saying things that are like just yeah. like almost not useful at all, yeah. but just barely useful. Yeah. You know, There's a spoon. Yeah. Keep bending spoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, You'll like, get it. <laughs> here's a candy. You know I'm going to take it? Yes. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. <laughs> and then she continues... You're still thinking like a human, just like a chess piece on the board. I point you in a direction, but it doesn't work like that. How convenient. Yeah, so she's looking at his face, and he's just like, she's 
trying to breadcrumb him along, mm-hmm. but like not trying to give him too much information. So she's just waiting for his, like, is he going to get this? Is right. he going to get this? And then right. she keeps, but there's a certain point literally where she just gives up. She's like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've given you as much as I'm going to give you as cryptic as it is. Yeah. That's what you got. Work with that. Right. You'll, you'll get it. <laughs> you'll get it. I feel like people say that to canneries all the time. <laughs> they give them all the direction. Yeah. Okay. You got it. So at the same time that this is occurring, by the way, Morpheus and the crew are left um, to deal with agents that kind of like, you know, so Neo kind of goes on his own to meet the Oracle and then Morpheus is there kind of not watchdog, but just waiting. Basically, Mm -hmm. he's in the Matrix and then the agents show up as they always do. Right. Morpheus is concerned about Neo, but at the same time, he's like, we can't survive these agents. We got to get out of here. So he's trying to escape. Remember, his faith is now shaken a bit. Mm -hmm. So he's not certain about neo's abilities in this world anymore he thought it was a for sure thing before but now he's a little bit shaken right so he actually ha- he has genuine concern over neo he doesn't want to leave him but this actually puts him in direct danger so neo shows up but instead of dispatching the agents as he had earlier he provides a distraction so we know why he's doing this mm-hmm. he doesn't want to exert his abilities in the world for Morpheus, it's weird. Like, uh-huh. he's seeing this. He's just like, why don't you just make them go away? You know, you did that before, right? <laughs> do the thing. Do the yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, bullets. Yeah, he's just Neo. waiting for... Bullets for, are coming. Yeah, he's just waiting for <laughs> Neo to put a hand up and then everything becomes good again, right? Yeah. But it doesn't happen. And, and Morpheus is like, like, okay, this is really weird. And then Neo's just like telling Morpheus, just get out. Get right, out. Right, right. right? Don't, yeah. don't worry about me. Just get out. Yeah. As Morpheus exits, it looks as though Neo is overpowered and possibly even killed by the agents. Mm. Oh, no. So, so Morpheus is put in a really bad way here. And also the, the us, the, the viewers, right, the, the audience, this is really weird for us, too. It's like this totally contradicts what we know about Neo. Mm-hmm. And, like, it really does sell that, like, he's been killed or something. Yeah. Morpheus, back in the real world, is shocked. Staring at the still linked up Trinity. Trinity's still in the Matrix, by the way, because yeah. the Merovingian still has her. And Neo with no heartbeat. It so it's confirmed oh, by dead. like right there, like he's dead. Yeah. You know, like at least that's what they see. Sure. And so Morpheus, for once, feels completely trapped. Uh, his belief in the prophecy in shambles. So like he's paralyzed mm-hmm. right now. All of it, the foundation of what he believed previously has been totally disrupted now. Mm-hmm. So what actually happened? He escapes his body, basically, mm. in he's, the Matrix. He's completely out of the real world now. Yeah. He's 100% he's, in the Matrix. He's out of what they would refer to as the Matrix. He right. doesn't even exist in that realm anymore. He is the zeros and ones. He's the zeros and ones. Yeah. And, and I was even thinking of, like, visually, so it could be similar to 2001 A Space Odyssey. We talked about sure, this yeah, before yeah, yeah. where, what's his name, is traveling through some dimensional yeah. whatever. Yeah. And it's just colors, and it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? And so we're experiencing the same trippy. thing. Yeah, it's very trippy, and, and Neo's not even sure what to make make of it, but he has a confidence about him that doesn't, like, he's even surprised about. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's gone out of his Matrix body, he's in some other dimension, if you even want to call it the Matrix, I don't know what you'd call it at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's flying through there, like, at rapid speed, and speed isn't even the right term to use here because it's not even speed it's something else right right? neo finally makes it to a door of sorts and uh he comes face to face with the architect right door of pure light meanwhile morpheus and crew are about to be attacked by sentinel so it gets even worse for them Mm. so he's it it was it was actually just by luck that the way to the architect was through death 
If he you was taking to... a big chance on that one. He's like, I'm pretty sure this is what the Oracle meant. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But the thing is, it's, it's, it's very ambiguous. So you can interpret it different ways. So oh. like, is it him dying or him just not needing his physical body anymore? Got it. Right? In the Matrix. Mm-hmm. It's implied he died mm-hmm. or he could have just like dissolved into some other dimension. I don't sure, know. Sure. How. I do like the idea of leaving it a bit ambiguous. Okay. You know, like you don't know if he dies or if he intentionally does it or mm-hmm. what happens, yeah. right? Obi-Wan, like Obi-Wan. Like Obi-Wan, yeah. So it gets even worse for Morpheus and crew. Like, not only is his worldview totally in shambles. There the one is gone. Neo is dead. Mm-hmm. He sees him. He's still on the, the, the table or the chair thingy, right? He's right. still plugged in, but he's dead. Yeah. Trinity's still in the Matrix. So even if Morpheus wanted to move, he can't, or or use that uh, whatever device that they used in the first, the, the, the electrical pulse thingy, right? Uh, EMP. He can't even use it. Mm-hmm. Because Trinity's still in the damn matrix. So yeah. he's totally paralyzed. So there's no action he can take right. that has a good outcome for them. So now we're back to Neo. So Neo figures... Oh, yeah. So Neo's Neo begins to speak. So he's speaking to the architect, obviously. Okay. Do you think it's the same thing, like a Colonel sanders kind of guy? We can make him that. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm unconcerned about how he looks, to tell you the truth. Okay. Like, we can make him very predictable, like, you know, he looks like Santa Claus or something like that. Some, sure. like, ancient... Sure guy who's wiser beyond you know wise beyond belief type right. of figure or yeah. we can make him look like i don't know pick a random person that you never yeah. think would be there baby you know? a baby yeah <laughs> like i i think morgan freeman would probably make the most sense you know <laughs> yeah yeah because like i don't know for whatever reason He's, it just yeah. seems like it you just accept morgan freeman. you just accept morgan freeman as, yeah uh all powerful yeah so um neo begins to speak but the architect already knows everything he's going to say Okay. So unlike the Reloaded, I'm thinking here there's a different dynamic. They're not really having real discourse with each other mm-hmm. because the architect already knows all the answers. Like this, this version of the architect is superior to the one mm-hmm. in Reloaded where there's, right. he can still be surprised and there can still be some kind of back and forth between them. That's not really what happens here. Right. He is truly the Dr. Manhattan of this universe. Mm-hmm. He knows everything. Time doesn't even really exist. Like yep. he experiences everything all at the same time and he knows everything that's going to happen mm-hmm. before it happens. Right? right. Nothing is surprises him whatsoever. So Neo has a hard time conversing with him. It's like he could start to talk and then the, the architect just says what Neo right. was about to finish saying. Finishes right? it, yeah. And then it totally screws Neo up. And he's realizing, ah, I'm thinking like a human. This is how humans interact. This is not how this AI that create Because... Neo himself doesn't even know who the architect is, per se. Right. Like, what, what he does. He just knows he's immensely powerful. Mm-hmm. And whatever Neo's capable of, he's capable of more than that still. Right. He is the one, he's the embodiment of the one thing that Neo knows that he can't really defend himself against, right. should they be in that kind of situation. Uh, Neo figures that if the architect can predict everything he's going to say and every move he's about to make, he wouldn't be sitting there in anticipation like he is. So the thing is, the architect, despite knowing everything Neo mm-hmm. is going to say or do, he's still there. He's still giving him the time of day. He's still bearing witness to whatever Neo is presenting him with, sure. right? Even yeah. if he knows everything, which is odd to Neo. He's because he's. I want to portray Neo. And by the way, I, I want to be specific. I want to portray Neo as a smarter character than they actually write him in the Relo- in Reloaded, because he kind of comes off as a bit dumb. Right. Yeah. It's not his fault. Just his face, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in the in the in the Reloaded movie, when he's facing the architect, it really looks like there's nothing going on between his ears. Like yeah. he's just like, yeah. what? 
What's yeah. happening? So I want here to... to I, it, I should be writing all this down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want it to Holy, be... Can you repeat? So I want it to be more like Neo is actually figuring things out. Oh, right. He is able to go beyond his human, standard human thinking, right? Sure, yeah. So he's starting to pick apart, you know, more about the architect than maybe the average person would be capable mm, of. Right. Like, why is the architect giving me any t- any of its time if everything I do, it already knows? Like, it literally knows how all this is going to go. Right. So why is it doing this? So this leads him down a bit of a mental rabbit hole. Uh-huh. So so thinking about this, he's like, okay, I, this is not going the way I thought it would. I'm not sure how I thought it would go, but this is not it. In a statement of, like, honesty or something like that, Neo pulls out the device the Merovingian gave him and gives it to the architect. Okay. He's like, even if I could deceive you, I'm not going to do that. Right. But the architect seems totally disinterested. Right. Because, of course, the architect like, knew I knew all this. this. Right, right, right. But, but French guy, right? French guy gave this to you. He doesn't even mention, the architect mentions nothing about the Merovingian. To, to him, just to put the Merovingian in his place here, yeah. he's nothing to the architect. Right, yeah. He's like a negative number. Yeah. He's not even a zero, right? right. But this is makes Neil think even more about the situation. So he's not surprised about this. He's not interested in this, uh-huh. right? So what would he be interested in? Neo finally realizes that the architect is not waiting to hear something clever from him. He's waiting for something else. Uh-huh. Neo's thinking like everything I say to the architect, he already sees coming. So maybe he's not waiting for me to say something to him or do something. And then something gets sparked in Neo's mind. And the architect, again, of course, knowing everything, knows this. Mm-hmm. And so the architect then finally speaks. Now you're beginning to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like he can read Neo's mind. <laughs> sure. You know? So he, too, is also like, you'll get it. <laughs> Just give it a second. By the you're way. You're going to get it in five, four, three. Just be so you got frustrated. This is, this is all done. Obviously, it's kind of cryptic, but I'm hoping that Neo's emotional response in his well, okay God. you may have we're to relying recast. on piano roots here. <laughs> sure. so we'll he's great we'll he's great we'll yeah we'll fix it in post <laughs> yeah exactly um to, to repeat what the architect says now you're beginning to get it and then he continues interesting your predecessors all got stuck at this part so Neo's doing something that all the other... So, and by the way, Neo doesn't even know what the hell the architect's talking about. Of course. Because he he doesn't even really fully understand the concept of there were multiple matrixes yeah. before. He doesn't know what the meaning of the word predecessor is. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a so new he's stuck on that. Is he's stuck on that thing. I think you meant to say processor. processor. <laughs> <laughs> the architect's like, oh, God, this guy. <laughs> yeah. no, it, Where did Morpheus find this one? Yeah. So Neo, experiencing something crystallizing in his mind, looks up at the architect with surprise. So the architect was not even really trying to conjure anything in Neo. He was just waiting. Hmm. He's waiting for him to figure it out. Yeah, waiting for him to figure it out. And and Neo's like, he's on to something. He's on to something. And to, I guess, prompt him like, yep, you're almost there. You're almost there. The, 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 the architect's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Keep those on, keep those on, things cranking, yeah, right? Keep those uh, cogs rolling in there, that brain box of yours. Um, the architect says, I'd say that I'd like to see how this all plays out, but then I already know how it does. Right? Um, and he continues, uh, but because this is the first, uh, I'll allow it. It goes back to the idea that the architect is still above Neo. So uh-huh. if, if he wants to stop Neo, he can do it. Yeah. If he wanted to snap Neo out of existence, 
he could do it. Right. But this is interesting to him. He knows this is going to happen, but this has never happened before. But so he even, knew that too, though, right? Yeah, he knew that all this would happen, but it's the first time that it's happened. Right. So his predecessor, Neo's predecessors, the other versions of the ones, point, they, stop, yeah. they get stuck. And maybe maybe it's at this point where the architect's like, you fool. And then he literally just snaps them out of existence. You know, like, you're not useful to me. Mm -hmm. And thank you for coming here because, it, you know, now I don't need to stretch my legs and go down there to you. <laughs> I can just snap you out of existence here. Right. Sure, sure. But he doesn't do that to Neo because Neo is capable of something that they're not. Um, and then the architect finishes by saying, until next time. Mm -hmm. So... The architect is showing that even though he has the power to stop this, yeah. it's not now that he's going to try, right? Right, Because he wants to see where this leads. He knows where this is going to lead. So this is the kind of weird contradiction. He knows where this ends, but he's going to allow it to happen because something is occurring now that has never occurred before. And based on what he knows about humans, it shouldn't really be possible. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, if, if we can give that sense that the architect is allowing this to occur because of that, sure. right, I think it would be better. Rather than the stupid thing that Neo says uh, at the end of the, the Matrix reloaded to the architect, oh, if, if we, uh, you know, you better hope we don't meet again or some stupid crap like that. Right. You know, like, it's the architect. He could just snap you out of existence. You, uh, you. Anyway, but in this version, Neo's not as stupid. And he takes a hint. Right. It's time for him to go bye-bye, right? Yeah. So at this point, screen fades to white. Um, Morpheus finds himself back in Zion. Trinity no longer held in, in the prison by the Merovingian, standing surprised next to Morpheus in Zion now. They're not mm. in their ship anymore, outside mm. of Zion somewhere. They're in Zion. Above them, frozen in the air as though time has stopped for just them, hundreds of octopus robots uh, that had just previously breached the outer defenses of Zion. Mm -hmm. So they're all frozen in the air. Okay. Right? Like, because I'm kind of stealing this from... The movie. From Reloaded. But this is going to be play out different and it looks different too. Because so, in Reloaded, like, Neo put his hand up and, like, the robots fell down. Yep. In this version, the robots are not falling down. They're just frozen. Mm -hmm. uh, Morpheus sees a bright light in his periphery. And then when he turns to look, his eyes struggle to identify what he sees. It's like looking at something beyond three dimensions. Okay. Imagine, you know how the Predator looks in the Predator film where he's yeah. he's invisible, but it's it's like warping the air? Yeah. Kind of looks like that, but it's like on steroids, that on steroids. Right. It's almost like you can see, there's like an infinite space inside of this thing. I mean, that effect is kind of the way that they made like Neo see things in the Matrix. Like he could see the code, but he was able to see... Yeah. The forms or whatever. Remember yeah. when he looks at Seraph and he's like, your code, code is weird and different. It's like glowing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it's happening in the Matrix per se. Right. But it certainly doesn't look right. like it's it can happen in the real world. Right. It's like something else. Yeah. Then the thing, whatever it is, because we don't know yet, uh, transitions and conforms to the shape of Neo. Okay. So Neo has just stepped into their existence. Yes. Trinity walks over to him and touches his face as though she's struggling to comprehend what's happening. So she goes up to him and she, and she like caresses his face like this is this my touching a real thing like sure, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And like he acknowledges her like yes it's it's me. Yep. No I'm really me. Yeah. Uh, Morpheus moves over as well processing what he's seeing. <laughs> also, also caresses. His face. Also caresses yeah, Neo's yeah. face. Even more so for for uh, for Morpheus because he thinks he died. He saw mm -hmm. him die. Yes, yeah. This yeah. is yeah. This is this is as jarring to 
Morpheus or more drawing to Morpheus than even Trinity because right. multiple things are all happening at the same time. He he too is trying to determine like, am I still in the Matrix? Like, yeah. what's what's happening to me? But then it occurs to Morpheus, the prophecy was truer than I could have imagined, and he says, but this is in, and then he interrupts himself because something occurs to him that didn't previously occur. So all of this is hitting him all at once, and uh-huh. then he finally realizes what what it is. Staring into Neo's eyes, he finally realizes they haven't left the Matrix. Right. They are still in the Matrix. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be continued. Mm-hmm. Oh, you All only made a part this. two? Expecting there to be an, a part three yes. movie? Oh, yes. Chris. Yes. <laughs> what did you do that for? Oh, you actually completed it? Yeah, I threw out two and three. Oh, okay. I no, no, no. I, I, oh, I, wanted to, okay. I wanted to take a stab at three as well. I mean, that's a great... I love the... You know, this is not just a concept that you talk about that is like a conversation. It's we're slowly revealed that even Zion and all that stuff is also in the Matrix. Yeah. And it explains a way to me what I what I sort of hate about like the philosophical nature of the Matrix and stuff. But the fact that like there's there is this oracle that could tell the future, like even just that, Mm -hmm. which I think even my version doesn't really fully explain. But it's like the fact that that explains it, because if it, it is a program that is running out, running inside of a program of course there is a beginning and end that could be seen by something that would be able to say yeah. oh i know what happens five steps ahead because i wrote this whole program i know mm-hmm. what's going to happen so it's good that uh, that that gets explained yeah yeah it actually makes more sense if they're still in the matrix because yeah like all the prophecy stuff actually mm-hmm. makes more sense because if the the what they believe to be the real world mm-hmm. is still part of the matrix all the computing that's happening and like you said how does an oracle know all this stuff? Well, she can know, know all this stuff if the real world is also yeah, part yeah, of the exactly. Matrix still. Exactly. She's still tapped into that because yeah. it's also part of the Matrix. Yeah. It's basically just a shell, and then outside of that shell is another shell, yeah. but both of them are the Matrix. Yeah. Right? What the audience now understands is what Neo understood at the end of his, whatever you want to call it, with the architect. Right, his little meeting. Yeah. Morpheus uh, yeah. is full of shit. <laughs> yeah. None of this is None real. This is, real. is Morpheus real? Probably not. <laughs> I'm the only one that's real. Am I? (laughs) Good stuff. Great, Chris. Good job, Chris. I like it. Part two. Cool. All right. I'm not as as organized as you, Chris, ever. I have my scribblings. Scribblings (laughs) of of a madman. Scribblings of a madman. All right. So throw out everything from part two or part three, and it's just the ending of part one. One, the first matrix. Gotcha. But I have it broken down, so I have a cold open. <clears throat> cold open starts, and it is a uh, perfect well. Blue skies, nature, everything is peaceful. You reveal a character that I am going to call uh, Zero One. Imagine like a like a you know Boston Dynamics type robot in this Ooh. in this empty peaceful space, <clears throat> and this robot is also you know clean, simple, you know. Um, uh, reveal all of this perfect world starts to turn off and it is just this robot that was enjoying a simulation of a perfect world and this uh, zero one robot is in the machine world that we that was talked about in episode one and machine world is sort of like what you saw a bit in like the animatrix blacked out sky very industrial uh, everything is packed um, very militant everything is working there's all of these machines that are working towards something giant big smokestacks you know kind of like all working towards something and this uh one machine this zero one machine uh 
gets a call. Oh, <laughs> doesn't pick it up on a, a on a little <laughs> uh, robot phone, but it picks up a a, a a phone. Maybe it's not like so much of a dog. It could be more humanoid. <laughs> Maybe the robot <laughs> that does the parkour as opposed to the dog. Gotcha. Things. But it gets the phone call, and it is Neo. And it's Neo's phone call from the end of Matrix 1. And he's saying those things like, oh, we're coming to get you. We've ruined this whole thing. So then this, um, <laughs> this robot Excuse gets the me? call. Who is this? And it's like, <laughs> I guess. And just, like, I guess hangs up the phone. And that's, like, the end of the cold open. A, a, t- a peek into this machine world. So what is the, sorry to interrupt, but what's the implications of that? The implication is that Neo made that call at the end of the last movie, and it was to this guy. <laughs> This robot. robot. You don't really. Sport. We're not really going to specify his role yet. Oh, okay, okay. But just the fact that we uh, established that there is this machine world that's run all by machines, and there's there was this one machine who has a um, a desire, I guess, for a peaceful world, and receives this call. Hmm. Okay. Zero okay. one. So we start act act uh, one. Zero one. He finishes his phone call. He's like, all right. Gets in his little uh, machine world elevator. <laughs> takes his machine world elevator down to, I guess, what we'll call like the um, the uh, the battery level or the the farm level, where you see all of like the human babies that are power powering like machine world. And then uh, this uh, zero one, whether it's through a conversation or whether it's just like you know plugging in, like relaying this information to um, maybe this other machine that is in charge of this farm this giant battery farm is like okay we've got this call this guy neo says he's coming after us um it doesn't have to talk like this but basically that's the idea and then uh that that big uh farm farm machine is like um okay and it starts a countdown which may be like 24 hours or something like that and then we cut to uh neo and neo is in the matrix matrix He's uh, doing his thing, flying around. He hunts agents down. He just destroys them easily. You know, um, agents are the ones running from him. And Neo flies anywhere. It's very easy for him. He's got a a limitless kind of power where he can do all sorts of of things. Neo flying around in the Matrix is also corresponding to uh, Trinity, who's flying around in the real world, piloting the uh, Nebuchadnezzar, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And she is sort of like relaying to Neo, uh, I guess, coordinates of what they've sort of uh, considered like susceptible people, people who um, Neo can sort of save. And mm-hmm. he just flies around, he finds people, and he's sort of like blessing them or something, but mm-hmm. he just like touches them, boom. And then that corresponding person wakes up in their farm chamber and gets ejected out, and Trinity is there picking these people up. And Neo is going around and just doing this sort of like saving blessing matrix pope <laughs> matrix pope <laughs> blessing people and sort of saving people but there is a, a side effect there is also like as neo does this there are people who who see him flying around or see him beating up agents very easily or see him touching and blessing people and they just start crying <laughs> and then they start convulsing and then they die so it's almost like Neo's existence too much witnessed, for people to handle too much for them to handle and they reject the matrix and they mm. just die so yeah what's they the can't ratio? understand what they see what's the ratio of exactly. people he's saving to can't see what they see so they, <laughs> they reject the matrix and die alright and, and while that's happening and maybe uh, Neo can sort of notice this um, there's a bunch of crying people that have also died while I'm doing my antics uh, Morpheus is uh, he goes to the or- oracle <clears throat> and he goes to the oracle uh, sort of with the the pretense of he is sort of he's like we did it we found the one all of your students that you've got here these people you know 
we're ready. You know, Neo can come and bless them and get them get them out of here. And uh, uh, the Oracle, um, again, being kind of cryptic, sort of tells Morpheus, he's like, that's great. I can tell that you haven't been sleeping. I can tell that you are uneasy and you are not happy with all of this stuff that's that's happening. And Morpheus like, well, what do I talk about? I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> I'm, fine, mom. I'm, to I'm totally fine. She tells him that, you know, your your fighting is not done. It's, it's just starting. And she says to, to Morpheus that uh, Neo is eventually going to come for me as well, the way she, he's coming for all of the uh, agents. So sort of like throwing all that stuff out from the second movie and stuff. In the first movie, you don't even know that um, the Oracle is a program or a machine, you know. Mm -hmm. Morpheus, for all we know, can sort of just think that she is also a person who is trapped yeah. in, in, in uh, the Matrix as well. Uh, Morpheus and the Oracle uh, sort of have a conflict because the Oracle doesn't even want to give up her students to be rescued. What, what she does in the, in the Matrix is she sort of frees the minds of these people, but she wants them to continue to live in the Matrix. They just have now have this ability, awareness, awareness and, and this freedom. Um, and they're able to like bend the rules. For her, she thinks it's like, you know, once you know that freedom is an illusion, you're already free. You don't need to, you don't need to go any further. You don't have to reject the Matrix is basically what her stance is. Uh, Morpheus says, like, it's time, it's time for you to come to Zion now as well. And the Oracle, Oracle says, you know, if I see Zion, then uh, that really will be the end for all of us. Oh, she all just right, thinks she's just right. such she's hot stuff, just doesn't she? Stuff. <laughs> all right, so we, we, uh, we, we pop out of the Matrix, we, we eject. It's like the end of the day, end of the workday. Neo is, uh, is tired, but, you know, he's, he's doing purposeful work. He has a purpose. And, and Trinity and a bunch of others, they are like true believers in, in Neo. They're helping the cause. They are saving hundreds of people by the day. Morpheus confronts Neo, though. He's now a little shaken by his sort of meeting with, uh, with the Oracle. And he is um, saying, you know, yeah, you're saving hundreds, but you're, we're also killing hundreds by the day as well, by all these people who witness what you're doing and who just reject the Matrix and die. Morpheus is even saying... The way I did it, <laughs> I would give people the I choice. I gave you a pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put you into a secret room, <laughs> let you decide exactly. in private. Yeah. You're just running around yeah. willy-nilly. It's a little more of a holistic approach to saving these people. You, you've just, you just stake them out. You find out who sort of has the propensity to it. You give them the choice, and they get to come out or not. <clears throat> it's like that's sort of how it works. Um, Morpheus uh, says, I gave people choice. He's also saying... Zion can't handle all of these people that you're saving as well. You're like loading all of these people. But for Neo, Neo, he's like, I'm still just human. My time is limited. There, you know, there are whatever, probably millions of these people in this farm. And how long, how much time do I have? I have to save as many as, as, as I can. How long will I be alive? His plan, we have to take the machine's batteries away from them and then um, weaken them. And then retake the surface with these people, you know, build build our army and reclaim the world. So they, they're at odds. They uh, arrive in Zion, and just like the movie, the Zion, I think, is fine in the way. Not so much ravey, not so much like having a, a, a rave orgy. <laughs> but it's like crowded, you know, it's kind of dirty, it's very whatever. It's the same sort of way it's portrayed in the movie. And they, they're going there to sort of sleep and prepare to go back into the Matrix the next day. Because they're still humans. They still have to mm -hmm. have to take a break, right? 
Trinity, uh, as she's as they're you know parking, I guess in in the Matrix for the night. Trinity is like you know we've got these messages because she's still just like in the first movie is like connected to like the underground world, I guess of of the Matrix, and she's saying like you know it's working, Neo. Uh, word is spreading about you, and people are starting to believe. And as she says this, we cut back to um, Zero One, our little robot at his farm at the, the human farm. And as she says, like, word is spreading, this robot is witnessing, like, huge crops, huge fields of these humans just, like, dying. You know, just word is spreading and people are just dying everywhere. Um, and that makes Zero One sad. <laughs> and the countdown continues. All right. <laughs> Start of Act uh, Two. Morpheus can't sleep. He, he, Very disturbed. He, he's by disturbed the... by what the oracle said. She, I think she's kind of right, and she's and he's like realizing, I've, you know, devoted my life to finding this the one, and now we've got the one. But he's like, it's not really turning out the way that it's supposed to. We're, we're like losing. We're losing people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right. So he's he sneaks off to uh, to go back to the matrix in the middle of the night, and he wants to go see the oracle again. But it's dangerous. He's going alone. You know, he's he doesn't have uh, he doesn't want anyone to know that he's doing this and then he goes and he finds the oracle's apartment is empty everything is gone she's abandoned and there are agents on his tail so he has to fight he has to run and um you know big little sequence there and just when you think uh morpheus uh has gotten away surprise he gets caught but he's caught by um one character in the matrix who the audience will recognize is the zero one robot even oh, though it's not a robot it's a, right human kind of maybe they got the same kinda, color eyes yeah some kind of uh, mannerism i guess that's the same that, gotcha. that may have happened in the last movie <clears throat> in the last scene next morning neo and trinity uh, um they're they're gonna head to broadcast level to prepare to to plug in and when they uh get into the matrix they find uh morpheus who's already there like what are you doing here and he said he says um the machines want peace neo doesn't believe it Morpheus uh, says um, he made a deal. He made a deal with the machines. And um, Neo's going to be mad. And he says the machines took him to Machine World. <laughs> they took me to Machine World. <laughs> they showed me what it's all about. They showed me what it's all about. And he introduces Neo to Zero One. He's like, oh, this is this is the mach- machine. And Neo is not happy. He's mad. He's mad at Morpheus. He's mad about this whole thing. Uh, Zero One tries to tell him about the, uh, the, the countdown. <laughs> Neo's like... You turn my world upside down. You find this guy. Who's this guy? So uh, they try to tell him about the countdown. And basically um, uh, what he's uh, saying with the countdown is that um, because of uh, Neo's existence, you know, people are starting to to die. Their battery power is losing. And it's going to come to a point where um, it takes more effort to uh, to fight Neo and fight this this and stop these crops from dying than it would be to just uh, shut everything down, right? <clears throat> well, the explanation for, uh, for Zero One is he's saying, like, in Machine World, it's not in agreement. They are also in almost like humans in this um, cycle of procreation and continuing their existence, and they've been going around using up as many resources as they can, but they just have to keep building and keep getting bigger and bigger. So... Uh, Zero One is almost like a rogue entity of, of machine world or part of like a AI that doesn't agree with the other AI. Mm-hmm. 
So their plan with Morpheus is to they give up they give up Zion, and then that will be almost like a distraction, and the robots will send like this huge uh, contingent to go uh, destroy Zion. And then during that time, uh, Morpheus and his team they would travel to Machine World and uh, set up like an EMP to the opposite of zero one, which I'll call zero zero. This other uh, AI. And I guess zero zero represents like the ruling class of the machines. They would plug into not the matrix, but uh, uh, something called the mainframe, where uh, Neo would deal with zero one. Anyway, the idea being at the end of the end of the deal, ninety percent casualties for all for all the farms and all of the humans. Ninety percent casualties for all of the machines, and then the remaining humans and AI will be like a fifty-fifty split on resources with uh, working towards like sustainability of what they have. Neo doesn't trust it. Neo fights Zero One in this Matrix world. Maybe Zero One can be very much like a Seraph kind of a fight, something that's purposeful and mean- meaningful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's almost like a fair fight, but uh, Neo loses only because um, Zero One shuts down like big blocks of the Matrix, killing oh, so people. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only reason that he, he loses. And when they fight, like Neo at this point, it's not just like Kung Fu fighting, but it is almost like uh, like Doctor Strange kind of manipulating the entire environment kind of, kind of fighting. The end of Act 2 is sort of like Neo has lost his fight to this Zero One. He's lost like uh, the faith of Morpheus, who wants to go in a different direction. And the big kicker is that with this explanation, Trinity sort of joins Morpheus's side as well. And Neo is completely on his own, and, and she's like, yeah, "This does make sense, Neo. What are you doing?" Neo doesn't doesn't believe it. He thinks this is, this is a bad idea. Oh shoot! I'm sorry. The last okay. thing is when they is get, this still Act Two? Yes, this is still Act Two. Before uh, Trinity sort of like turns turns on on Neo, um, they eject the Matrix because they realize, "Oh, we're we're heading to Machine World already." And Neo's like, no, we're not. I'm going to turn this ship around. So he pops out of the Matrix to stop it. And uh, Morpheus also pops out of the Matrix. And I sort of wanted to have, like, almost like a, a replication of, like, their dojo fight in Matrix 1. Mm. But they don't have their powers. So they don't have their kung fu because yeah. this is the real world now. Oh. So it's almost like they can't jump and do, like, all this wire work. But they do have to fight. And Morpheus <laughs> is kind of like, it's not the same when you can actually feel it as bad, right? And he gets beat by Morpheus. So... Another thing, he gets beat by Zero One. He's physically beat by Morpheus. Morpheus doesn't believe him. And then the last kicker is like Trinity turns on. Okay. So into Act Three, they do they do get to the mainframe. They do the MP. They shut it down. But at, at the end, Neo is finds out that he was right, and it is kind of like a double cross. And this uh, Zero One, they they never shut down the battery fields. Their machine army is at full power. They are going to reach. Zion and destroy it, and now they have um, Neo and all of his crew sort of uh, broken up. In this uh, last fight, Neo is plugged into uh, the mainframe using his extraordinary abilities, trying to beat like the this AI of Zero Zero. I, again, I don't know how this fight is actually going to look. I guess it's kind of like Doctor Strangey kind of a fight, but um, he's he's still overpowered because it's just like this AI was sort of like set this all up from the beginning. And at this point, Morpheus and Trinity know now that the that Zero One was never yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so everybody's so they finally realize it. that they're kind of hip to it. Um, Zero One has also revealed himself to be uh, the Oracle, oh! who sort of did 
Lidl, Lidl, it was all part of this big uh, plan. Um, Trinity is able to eject herself uh, with the help from... Anyway, I don't know how, but she's able to eject herself. Uh, she is able to connect to the mainframe of the Matrix, uh, and then is killed. <laughs> <laughs> that was the anticlimactic sadness. That? Maybe I didn't necessarily... By the Oracle? Oh, I think I have Trinity somehow being able to um, to start killing fields of people. To start destroying the battery powers, sacrificing the human race to weaken the machines enough that Neo does get the advantage and is able to finally defeat this zero zero AI. And let's see. So, um, so Trinity doesn't die. Trinity she's probably dies. Oh, probably she does. dies doing that. <laughs> and then the machines are depowered enough. Zion is saved. I think that's kind of that's kind of it. I did want to have like a reveal at the end where it is more like the movie Dark City, which I consider to be a, a, a superior matrix where Earth is not even Earth anymore, but they are like floating through space. They have been like using up resources. It's like a millennia since like Earth had that first fight with, with mm. the robots and they're using that all up. So it is sort of like it ends with um, a relatively small group of people left on Zion being able to uh, gain control of Machine City and there's a hint at being able to find another world that has the sustainability that they can they can uh, live, I guess. No, that's it. Crazy. Very different. That's it. How'd you like it, Chris? Did you have questions? It was interesting in that I saw a lot of you pitting the main characters against each other, it seems like. Yes. So that's quite different because, yeah, in the first film, they're pretty much all on board with each other like the entire time. There's very little dispute between one another like yeah. between trinity morpheus and neo like neo is kind of green so he doesn't know anything mm-hmm. until they teach him yeah and then in, in your version it's kind of like you're making the the protagonists their own villains almost against yes. each other yeah it's an interesting dynamic yeah yeah reloaded <laughs> <laughs> no part three and both uh, and versions are very different but very good yeah they're totally different than they're each very different yeah, yeah how i would encapsulate all of this is the Matrix is its own good standalone movie, yeah. requiring so no need, sequel. Right. And right. really, yeah. you're kind of diminishing it by having a sequel at all. Yeah. So you and I, are, we're just trying to make the best of the situation that already exists, which is sequels already exist, so we're just trying to improve them. I think the ideal situation would have been for them, because this was the Russo brothers at the time? Or no, who? the Wachowskis. Wachowskis, sorry. Uh, they probably would have just been like on the clout of having created the matrix they probably could have just been like no let's just do something different you know yeah. even though even though the production company is like listen this is like printing our own money yeah making a sequel yeah. why wouldn't you do that they could have still said i think no we should do something different and i think they should have done something different because one because one of the, the the spinoff of the matrix that i like better than the sequels or anything is really the animatrix and was yeah. was the the renaissance bit the one yeah. that sort of explained how the robots came to that point that's the stuff that i found very interesting and when you saw like a tiny bit of like the machine world and like that fight between between them and almost like humanizing the robots in themselves where they like sort of have their own island for a while and but mm-hmm. then humans still can't leave them alone and then they finally take over that was the stuff that i thought was uh interesting Oh, one other thing I wanted to say was 
this this would be really weird. This would be a weird experiment. What if what if we see it from the AI perspective? Yeah, which I would would really like. Yeah. Yeah, and then the third movie could have been the convergence of those two worlds. You could find maybe the AI's existence relatable and mm-hmm. likable, even, and and then you would be conflicted because you'd be like, well, I'm rooting for the humans, but I'm also rooting for the AI. Yeah. And then when it comes to a front at the third movie where the two sides have to collide, then you as the viewer could be really conflicted, and that could be part of the charm of a third movie. Yeah. Right? That's kind of how, good how I started uh, when I was trying to think up a sequel. I started from that perspective, yeah. sort of being like, oh, I want sort of like an AI, a version of the AI to be like uh, the protagonist, and you started to feel yeah. for them. But by the, the third act, I, I realized I need uh, an, a closure. I need like some kind of... Yeah, uh, proper ending that's not going to go on forever. So yeah. that's why I had to make it. Yeah, a I felt cross. like you were going that direction. Yeah, the yeah. double cross was kind of like uh, where you choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the end of adaptation where it's like the brother starts writing the story, and then it's a <laughs> like no, it's no, about the drugs. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> can see the t-shirts now. Team AI or Team Humans? It's great. Exactly. Cool. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. No problem. Thank you. Fun. Hold on. Fixed. 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 We fixed it. Fixed it twice. So, did you think either of these versions were better than the original? Would you prefer to watch Lou's version? Or Chris's? Do you have fixes of your own? Let us know by tweeting us at SolaceAnimation with the hashtag MatrixReloadedFix. Tune in next time when we discuss Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was god-awful. But hey, we can fix it. See ya!